Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. All right. Take your Bibles. Turn to Genesis 28. The title of this uh, this morning's message is Know for Yourself, or Know God for Yourself. Genesis uh, 28. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Huron, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night, because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of the place and put them for his pillows, and he lay down in that place to sleep. So here in this uh, story, in the context, as you well know, Jacob is leaving his mother and father. He's leaving uh, his everything that he knows. Um, And the reason why he's leaving is because his brother is wanting to kill him. His brother is uh, going to kill him if he stays. And so uh, we know about Jacob from what the scripture has told us so far, that Jacob's kind of a homebody. Uh, he, the Bible says that he is a plain man and he dwelt in tents and he was uh, pretty close to his mom. I'm not calling him a mama's boy, but he was pretty close to his mom. <laughs> but now, here he is, he's been there in that safety and, and been provided for by his father for this time. And he's forced to leave, to take a long journey. He's forced to go some... 500 miles plus to a place that he doesn't know, to a people that he doesn't know, um, and he's along his journey all by himself, and, and as we go down through this passage, you're going to find that he's pretty nervous about it. You can tell that he's, uh, he's scared, just like anyone would be about this journey, and so he's on this way, and the sun is setting, and so just because of necessity, he had to stop. He had to stop and he had to find a place to sleep along this walk and journey. And it just, it's just how the Bible says it, um, that he comes upon this certain place. I mean, it's kind of like a, just, so, you know, just so happens that he ends up in this one spot. And, and, I, and I would say this as we read down through this scripture and study it. Jacob had no idea the place that he was at. I'll go one step further. Jacob had no idea of anything at this point in his life, any, any, any type of... Uh, he didn't know God. Can I say that? He didn't know the Lord at this point in time in his life. He, he didn't know uh, uh, about the spiritual. He, didn't, he, was, he was just seeing the things of earth. He, he, uh, he didn't have a personal relationship with God. Now, Isaac, his father, did and had heard and talked to God. Um, uh, Rebecca did, his mother. But, but Jacob hadn't. Can I say this? Just because your parents have a relationship with God doesn't mean that you do. 
It, 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 here's what I'm trying to say: is this has you have to know God yourself. This has to be personal. There has to come a point in time in your life where you know God, you meet Him, and and it's so limited. I'm not trying to say that we have this uh, complete understanding, but where deep down in your heart, faith uh, takes hold, and it becomes very personal. And it happens here at this place where he lays his head there on his journey and he's laying there at this place and he has a specific dream. I would say a significant dream. Look at verse 12. So he lays his head down all by himself. He's all alone and he dreamed. And behold, a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And I would say that's a pretty interesting dream. Verse 13, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac, the land wherein thou liest, I, uh, to thee, Jacob, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Then he goes on to say, And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all the places whither thou goest. And I will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. (laughs) So here, Jacob's out there all by himself, lays down in this place. He doesn't know where he's at. Doesn't really have a close relationship with God or know God like his, like his father does. And here he sees the angels uh, busy coming up and down of this ladder. And then he sees the Lord. And he's specific who the Lord is. He said that this was the God of your father, Abraham, and of Isaac. And in today's culture, in today's world, uh, even in the United States, even in America, we need to be specific who God is. Uh, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. In other words, uh, the God that created the heavens and the earth. The God of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning God created. That's the God who is, is, is being introduced here, introducing himself to Jacob. The God of Revelation chapter 19 that we talked about last Sunday, who's coming back with the white and the white horse. The God of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, In today's world, we have to be specific who God is. And Jacob was introduced to the God of heaven, the God of his father Abraham, and the God of his father Isaac. And then he goes in. This God that introduces himself to Jacob here gives him some of the most wonderful promises I mean, here he is. He just meets him out there in the middle of nowhere. And I, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you agree with me that God is gracious? I mean, God, this, what, 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 did, what had Jacob done so far in his life to deserve this type of blessing? I, I mean, he just come to Jacob and said, hey, 
I'm your God. I want to know you. you I, want, I want to be with you. I'm going to give you... By the way, the land that you're laying on, that's yours, Jacob. And, and, and to the east and to the west and to the north and to the south. And then he says, and Jacob, uh, by the way, I know you're nervous about leaving your family and leaving everybody, but he says, everywhere that you go, I'm going to be with you. And, and then he says, I'll never leave you. He says, I'm going to bring you back into your father's house. I'm going to be, he said, I'm going to bless you. And, and he said, by, by you, Jacob, I'm going to bless all the families of the earth. And you sit there and think, well, well, well Jacob, man, he must have been a really super spiritual guy. I mean, he must have really been, been something to get God's attention. Well, up to this point, we don't... It doesn't sound like Jacob's all that great of a character. I mean, up to this point, he'd sold his, he sold his, uh, bought his brother's birthright for a bowl of soup. Uh, he had deceived his father by obeying his mother and taking his brother's blessing. I mean, this is not a guy that's like, this is the grace of God. This is the grace of God coming down to this boy Jacob and saying, listen, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to, I mean, he's right now running and leaving his family because he had just caused huge family problems. His brother is out to get him. And he has very high concerns at this moment in time in his life that he's going to survive. He's worried about starving to death. He's worried about getting enough food to eat. And, uh, but this God of his fathers Abraham and Isaac come and begin to give him all these wonderful promises. I would say this to us as believers. It is important for us to remember the promises of God. To read them and to believe them by faith. What God says about us. If we have trusted in Christ Jesus for salvation and we are born again of this incorruptible seed, the promises of God that He says about us whether we feel it or not, whether we feel like we deserve it or not. Many times the reason why we don't believe the promises of God is because we know we don't deserve them. But these are not based upon those things. This is based upon what God said to Jacob. He promised us. And, And so many times, you know what we believe in our lives? We start to question if God is with us. We start to question if we're going the right way, if we're going the right path. And in a moment like this, when God meets us and says, I'm with you, and then he says to Jacob, no matter where you go, I'm going to be with you. Now, does that, now we continue to read through the life of Jacob. Here's another misconception that Christians sometimes have, is that if God is with me, then nothing bad is ever going to happen again. But, but is God true? And, and, and we all know God's true. And God said to him, Jacob here at this time that he was never going to leave him. And everywhere he goes, he's going to be with him. That's true. If God said it, it's true. But it, that wasn't the end of Jacob's problems. That wasn't the end of Jacob's issues that he went through throughout his life. And sometimes it's to, you, you don't question God's presence. If He says He's with you, if He says I'll never leave you nor forsake you, if He says that He's given us His Holy Spirit that will seal us to the day of redemption, by faith believe it and remember it. Look what Jacob says about this encounter, this God introducing Himself to him here. He says in verse 16, And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. 
Surely the Lord is in this place. Again, up until this point, Jacob had only heard about God. He'd heard about God from his family, but now he had heard from God. Now God had made a, had an encounter with him, and he is getting a clearer idea of who God is. It is important for us and each and every one of us in our individual lives to come to a place in our lives where we know that the Lord is real and that the Lord is personal to us. He said the Lord is in this place. I would say this, the Lord is in this place. The Lord's in this place. You say, how, how can you by uh, with confidence say that the Lord is in this place? Because the Lord is in us. He told us that this Holy Spirit, our bodies are the tabernacle, where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst. And so here we can say the Lord is in this place. And many times the Lord is in this place and we do it not. We're looking for all kinds of things, but sometimes we just need to say, Lord, I believe what you said and that you're here and that you can speak to me and that you can show me and that you can become real to me and that you are God. I had this amazing experience on Tuesday. Uh, this guy had come over to our house and he was going to do a repair. And I never met him before. And uh, the preacher from the revival that was here, was, uh, his friend was leaving in the afternoon. So before he left, uh, flying back to Canada, we had lunch at my house. And so we're sitting there having lunch and basically the, the theme of the revival, <coughs> the theme of the message is is it's a it's a person, not a program. It's a relationship, not a religion. That was the thing, in a nutshell. That's what it was. And we were kind of talking about that. So this guy comes in, and uh, he didn't have the part that he needed. And so he's waiting for someone to bring it. It's going to be like 40, 50 minutes before he comes. So I said, come down lunch with us. Come sit down. He comes in and says, wow, you guys are a real traditional family. You know, I said, we don't do this every day for lunch, right? But he sits down, we're he's talking and stuff, and, and then he, he's, uh, he starts uh, uh, getting pretty emotional about this, about a relationship, about uh, knowing God personally. And he was getting, it was noticeably emotional. And so then uh, the part comes, and he goes and does the work, and then he comes back down, and he's standing in the living room, and, uh, and he just starts sobbing. And he's 33. He's 33 years old. And he starts sobbing. He said, I've been in church my whole life. And, and he said, I was born and raised in it. And he said, I never, never did. And then he's quoting scripture. And it was like it was the first time that he'd ever heard the scriptures. But, um, but he was quoting them with such excitement. I mean, he was, and he's sobbing. And he's 33 years old. And I just walked up to him. And I put my arm I said, I said, when? Did you accept Christ? When did you? When were you born again? He goes, just now. He said, just now. And he said, everything's changed. He says, it all makes sense. Yeah. He says, he goes, I don't know what the people in my church are going to understand that I, I, you know, I'm saved. I'm born. And he's going, I'm not. And, and here's, it was a, it was like a living example of what I'm trying to preach this morning. And what was said is, is, is it's got to be personal. Uh, it, it, it's got to be real. And you've got to know God. And, 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 and God, here's my point with this, is God will reveal himself yes, to us. If we see, again, we have to believe God's word. And if he says, if you seek, you will find, then, then by faith you have to believe that. I'll 
I'll seek you, Lord. And I know I'll find you. Why? Because of your promise. Because of what you said is real. And so Jacob here is having an encounter with God. He'd been raised in a, I'll call it a Christian home, you know. Isaac and Rebecca, they knew God. But here for the first time, I, Jacob, is now having this where he is meeting God. And he is, uh, he's, his first response is fear. Look at verse 17. Look at verse 17. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. He said, I, this is God's here. This is, I'm afraid. He's fearful. And Jacob arose early in the morning and took, and took the, uh, the stone that he had for his pillows and set them for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel. It's interesting because Jacob just stumbled upon this place, but Bethel, as you follow it throughout the scripture, is a very significant place. And so it's, it's, it's the house of God. That's what Bethel means, the house of God. But the name of the city was called Luz at this point, uh, at, the, at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow and s- uh, saying, if God will be with me, and God had just said he was going to be with him, and will keep me in the way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. You know what Jacob said? You know, that, let me just stop for a second. This is the last time that God says, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac. From this point forward, you follow it through the scripture from the moment that Jacob says, you'll be my God. From this point on, I'm talking about the grace of God. God introduces himself to Moses by saying, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I'm here to tell you, Jacob was a character. There would be times that you and I might not associate with Jacob. But God of heaven, the creator of the universe, associated himself. He introduced himself that way. I'm the God of of this character, Jacob, who was a scoundrel. I mean, in some ways, he says, and so his first response is fear, which is, by the way, the beginning of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. But that's just the beginning. That's what the Bible says. It's the beginning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, problems, beginning of wisdom, beginning of understanding. But it's just the beginning. It gets better from there. And so Jacob begins to enter, he begins to make a vow to God. And he begins to say, Lord, if you'll, if you'll be with me, if you'll, if you'll go. By the way, when he names this place Bethel, which means uh, the house of God, it also means it's a holy place. What makes a place holy? What makes a place holy? God makes a place holy. The house of God. That's what makes a place holy. What makes a person holy? God. We don't make ourselves holy. We can't do enough good works to make ourselves righteous. Righteous and right with God. Justified with God. It's God that makes us that way. And so this is a holy place and a holy thing set apart for God. And he says, uh, he says, my goodness, he goes, and you can almost feel the fear in Jacob's voice as a, 
as a as a young man leaving his leaving his father's house, leaving his father's provision. Let me just say this. He starts to say to God, if you'll give me bread to eat, and if you'll give me clothes to wear, and if you'll let me come back to this my father's place. In other words, he's saying, God, if you'll just give me enough food to eat, just Jacob didn't know how great God's going to pour it on. I mean, Jacob comes back, I'm getting ahead of myself, some 20-some years later, a very, very wealthy man. And he comes in, but, but he says to God, I just want I just want enough food to eat and clothes to put on. He said, God, if you'll provide for me. In other words, he's saying, God, I'm dependent upon you. I'm leaving my father's provision. By the way, his father's provision was also God's provision. You know, children don't know it, but as, as, our, as our parents are providing for them and bringing them up, that's the provision of God. But here now Jacob is coming to realize it, okay? God, you're my provider. And I'm going to make this vow to you. He goes on. He goes, I'm going to make this, I, will, I want you to be my God. Here's, I, I, here's the crux of the message. We each and every one have to come to a place where we say, God, you are my God. You are my God. I, I'm receiving you. I'm, I'm taking you for my own. And he goes, this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. And so Jacob makes this vow with God. He said, God, if you'll provide, I will I will always remember you. I'll set up this memorial. And then he says he poured out the oil upon that memorial, which is a, a picture of him pouring out himself and giving him uh, self to the Lord. Um, this, this has many pictures and types. For, for Jacob, it was a picture of God saying, hey, I'm going to provide for you. And even though you're cast out of your father's house and cast out of this land, I'm going to bring you back in in peace. And he does. To the nation of Israel, he says, you're going to eventually be cast out of this land, but I'm going to bring you back in in peace. For a Christian, though, Bethel stands for a place of realization of God or understanding. Our, our eyes being enlightened is what the Bible... It, even though it's in part and it's imperfect and it's limited, it's, it's us turning from just being totally earthly and only seeing things as a temporary thing to beginning to see things as spiritual and heavenly and eternal. It's a place where we start to say, oh my goodness, there's more going on here. There's angels coming and going. God's in control. God's my provider. I'm dependent upon Him. I am His. I'm making a vow. I'm setting up a memorial. I'm God's. No longer is it just the God of my mom and dad. Now Jacob says, God, you are my God. And this is a place in our Christian life where we come and we say, I'm in relationship with you. Look at John chapter 1. I want to use a couple New Testament examples here. John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 45. If 
Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael saith unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. By the way, uh, that's a good thing. That's a that's a good way to try to lead people to Christ, like like Philip. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. They're doubters. Could this really be God? Could Jesus Christ really be the Messiah? Well, come and see. Come and see for yourself. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Before Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. And Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. I mean, he switches pretty quick, doesn't he? Just Jesus showing him that he saw him and knew him before. He, he believes. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and, and descending upon the Son of Man. You know what he's saying to Nathaniel? Hey, Nathaniel, you believed in me. Uh, you put your faith in me. Um, he says, But you're going to see greater things than these. Greater things than me just telling you about your past about how I knew you before. Uh, you, as, here's the thing with, with faith. With God. You know what it takes to receive, to receive God's blessing and His forgiveness and salvation? It takes a small step of faith. Just a little step of faith. Sometimes that seems like a huge hurdle that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That He knows you and that He, that he died on the cross for your sins and paid that sin debt. Sometimes in our mind that seems like a huge hurdle. But just a, a, just a step of faith and say, okay, I surrender. I, I believe. I trust. So many times it's that little step of faith, putting your faith and trust in Him to be your God and to forgive your sins and to believe what He said about Himself in the Scripture. And then it's like God begins to open it up. And more and more God begins to reveal and show us. And before long, it's not, a, it's not hard to believe what God says because you've seen Him work in your life. And you've seen things happen that only God can do. And God can work in our lives. Look at Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter 1. This is not only true for the person like Jacob who makes that decision that you'll be my God, but this is also for the believer that we continue to grow in our relationship with God. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. He says, this is Paul's prayer for the believers at Ephesus, those Christians there. And he says, Paul again praying, verse 15 and 16, you see, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 17, the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the what? knowledge of him what do, what do we how do we grow as Christians we grow as Christians by knowing him growing in our knowledge of him he says the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we may know what is it that he wants us to know that we may know what is the hope 
of his call and the riches of his glory of his inheritance and the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at the right hand of, in heavenly places far above all principality, power, and might, and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and give him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. You know what Paul's prayer is here for the believers? That they grow in a knowledge of Him. That they grow in their hope. That they know what is their inheritance. Do you know what, you know what Jake, God was telling Jacob? I have an inheritance for you. You're, the land and the people that are to come and your seed. He said, I want you to know your inheritance and your blessing. I want you to know about the resurrection. I want you to know about the power of God. Why? Because it'll change our hearts. I want you to know uh, the work and position that God has in our lives and in this world and in heaven. As we see this, this picture of grace in Jacob's life, we can liken it to our own how that God wants to reveal Himself to us, but He wants each and every one of us to choose Him, to choose Him to know that He is... Jesus in the Gospels is talking to the Sadducees. The Sadducees are a group of folks that uh, they don't believe that there's a resurrection. They don't believe that there's life after death at all. That's why they're sad, you see, right? So, so he, says, uh, he says to them, he said, no, no, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I am the God of the living. That's what Jesus said to the Sadducees. You know what he was saying to the Sadducees? Uh, you guys believe in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Abraham and Isaac and Jacob have life and are alive because of me. And God is the God of the living. We, we, we don't have any. What we have is not just earthly. Our relationship with God and our walk and our coming together on Sunday morning, this is not just an earthly thing. This is an eternal thing because it's a living. Because our God is living and alive. And we have the hope of the resurrection. We have the hope of eternal life. Jesus Christ did not come to make us good. He came to give us life. Eternal. I am come that you might have life. He wants to give us life. He wants to give us this living God's with him. Go back to Genesis. I just want to close with how, how it kind of closes with a, a Jacob here. And he's coming back. You know, you know what's interesting about Jacob is after God, after he chose God to be his God, he was, he was spiritually minded. I, he's on his way back. God tells him to go back and do his, and to his land. For the sake of time, you can read this uh, yourself. But he's traveling back, and uh, the angel of the Lord, God, comes and, and is wrestling in the night. And Jacob won't let him go. He's holding on to God. And you know what he's saying to God? Bless me. I, I want to bless him. Now, at this point in time in his life, God has blessed 
Jacob, when he was serving his father-in-law Laban. I mean, he took all the wealth. He's coming back with a whole band of people, 12 sons and servants. Um, he's coming back with herds and, and tons of wealth. But yet, he's saying to God, bless me. I'm not going to let you go. And here's the thing. Jacob was not desiring an earthly blessing. Because when the Lord did bless him, you know how he blessed him? He said, no more will your name be Jacob, but your name will now be Israel. And that was a good enough blessing for Jacob to let him go. He wasn't looking for earthly blessings. He was looking for something greater. He was looking for something more. Now think about this. Flip, 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 flip. Why does God love Jacob? Because you know, you know what was different about Esau? What would Esau said if God would have said, I'm going to change your name? Esau would say, what good's that? You know, who cares if my name's Esau or Israel? Later we see what the difference is. It's important that his name was Israel. Jacob's name was Israel. Here Jacob is still... When he's, when he's super earthly, earthly, earthly minded, he's super, super well, super blessed of God. And Jacob said, I haven't had enough of God. I want more. I want to grip on to him. And I, there's more that God can give. There's more that God can do in my life. I want more from God. And so God changes his name and he blesses him and he calls him Israel. Then Genesis chapter 35. They're coming back in. Here's, here's kind of the last point. They're coming back into their land. And God had told Jacob, verse 1 of chapter 35. And now he's coming with all his children and all his servants and all his herds and wealth. And he says in verse 1, And God said to Jacob, Arise and go up to what? Bethel. And dwell there. He hadn't been back to Bethel in all these years. Let me ask you, did God keep His promise? Did God give him bread to eat and raiment to put on all those years? God kept His side of the bargain, didn't He? He said, go back to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar there unto God that appeared to thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. And you know what Jacob said? He said to his household that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean. And change your garments and let us arise and go up to Bethel. And if you read down through this passage, God meets him there again. God meets Jacob there again. And he changes the name. It goes from Bethel, when God meets with him the second time, to El Bethel, meaning the God of the house of God. And here's the point Jacob wanted his children. And it wasn't enough just to take him to the place. Although the place is where Jacob went up. In other words, he wanted his children to know not just the house of God, but he wanted them to know the God of the house of God. So he says, family, you know, get cleaned up. Get your heart right. Put away any of these idols that we have amongst us. Put all this stuff up. We're going to go meet God. We're going to go uh, meet Him. He wanted His family to know the one true God. He remembered God's provision. 
He came in and said, this God, he said, uh, he tells his family, when I was in distress, the Lord heard me, and the Lord came to me, and the Lord blessed me. You know what I think is good? Maybe you're here this morning, and you've been walking with the Lord a long time, maybe 20 plus years like Jacob had at this point. You know what's good from time to time to do? Is to remember God's provision. To look back and say, you know what? God has provided for me. God has been faithful. Was everything perfect? No. Everything wasn't perfect, but God has been faithful. His promises are true and His blessings are great. And He is the Almighty God. And He has grace. And He is our provider. Maybe you're here this morning and you've known about God. Like Jacob. You've heard about God. But there's never been a point in time in your life where you said, you're my God. I'm trusting you by faith. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Maybe it's this morning where you say, yeah, I've heard about God. I know about God. I've been around it my whole life. But I want to put my faith and trust in Him alone. I want this to be a personal relationship. So I'm taking this step of faith, putting my faith and trust in Him, and see if God will begin to make himself real to us. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.